the number one thing that I come back to is I cannot give my children what I don't have. I cannot give them patience and teach them patience if I am not patient. I cannot teach them curiosity if I am not curious. I cannot teach them to be kind, to be generous, to be, you know, not be mean-spirited. If I'm not those things in relationship with my friends, in my marriage, um, and in my relationship with them. Hey everyone, I'm Cal and welcome to the Intentional Leader Podcast. No matter how you are coming to this show, I hope you leave inspired and with some practical tools to help you lead yourself more effectively and to help you have a higher impact as a leader. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's go make it count. Well, hello everyone and welcome to episode 91 of the Intentional Leader Podcast. Thanks for being here today. I think you're really going to enjoy my conversation today with Sabrina Dalton. She is the Director of Programs at Military Mentors and more importantly, she's the mom of three wonderful kiddos. Today's episode was a ton of fun, very unique. There's kids that interrupt us throughout the episode, which is very appropriate. We talk about the exciting upcoming event that Military Mentors is putting on that I will be participating in. It's called The Moment 2. And we also talk about leadership at home. Sabrina gives us some wonderful wisdom of what it takes to lead at home as a mom. And we explore some of those controversial topics that parents deal with, a stay-at-home parent versus working parent, formula versus breastfeeding, traditional schooling versus homeschooling, and many other of those kind of hard topics. We talk about the shame and the guilt that often comes with some of those big decisions. And this was perfect for this season of life that I am in. We actually just moved and I have a five-month-old little guy, which you may hear a little bit of on this episode, Teddy. And I have an older eight-year-old daughter, Georgia. And so it's interesting, there's such a gap between our two kids. Now we're kind of reliving some of those those difficult decisions and some of those challenges of having little kids in the home. So for all of you that either have kids or want to have kids or you know someone who has kids, I hope that this is one of those episodes that is practical but also inspiring for you as you try to lead at home. But before we jump in, I want to give you something. I want to let you know that we have been combing through some of our very best interviews over the past several years. And we've consolidated some of the best takeaways from our best interviews into a PDF that you can download at intentionalleader.org and immediately go and apply some of these key principles. It's 12 ideas that you can go go one by one, maybe for two weeks and digest these ideas from these best interviews and incorporate them into your leadership right away. I want to thank you all also for your patience as I've been moving. I hope you were able to enjoy my recent replay of my interview with Patrick Lincioni. Uh, also, thank you to all of you who have taken some time to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. That really helps us grow and it helps us continue to reach more leaders. I want to thank you for being here today. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. And by the way, this event that we're talking about, if you want to sign up for that event, if you're in the D.C. area, July 23rd, Saturday, a wonderful, intimate, purposeful event called The Moment 2 just look at the show notes of this episode and you can buy tickets there. And I hope to see you there. If you have any feedback on this episode, I know there's some controversial topics that we dive into. Shoot me an email at cal at calwalters.me. I would love to connect with you on those topics and hear from you. Without any further ado, let's dive into my conversation with Sabrina Dalton. All right, Sabrina, welcome to the Intentional Leader Podcast. I'm so pumped to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me and Let's see where this goes. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. So (laughs) a little bit of background for the audience. So you and I were talking about doing an episode on this really cool event that we've got coming up, the M Moment 2, put on by Military Mentors. So we'll talk about that. But then we started talking about you and what you're passionate about. And naturally, one of the things that came up for you was that you're really passionate about being a mom and leading at home. And so I'm really excited to not only talk about the M moment too, what that is, and I think how people can still sign up as they're listening to it, but also talk about what it's like to lead at home as a mom. So let's start with the M moment too. What is it? Tell us a little bit about military mentors, and then we'll get into kind of some of the specifics of it. Okay. So 
Um, up top, Military Mentors, we're a nonprofit, and we our mission statement is elevating, educating, and facilitating mentorship for the military and beyond. So we are looking for ways that we can kind of invest in people to change their organizations from the inside out, if that makes sense. Um, so we do that through a couple different ways. One is through our emissary program, which is a leader and leader development program. And then the other way is through the moment, which um, I guess is spelled with a double M, which we kind of do as like a fun MM tie. In, I like it. Um, so I've been pronouncing yeah. it wrong this whole time. So it's just it's the fine. moment. Okay. You know, just Got it. Not the M want. moment. It's the moment. Okay. It makes sense. I see where you're going. Okay. I'm glad we had this conversation. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> uh, so the moment is a one day intensive leadership conference. So we really want to invest in people and their leader development through kind of just like this one day thing. What can we give you today that would be really actionable and applicable for you to go change your community, your organization tomorrow? So for this moment, we have um, two speakers, we have a panel, um, we have time built in for reflection, time built in for networking, and it's a really small, intimate group. So we cap ticket sales pretty low because we really want it to be a conversation. We really want it to be a time of purposeful connection. And then I guess, Cal, how you came into this is that we also have breakout sessions. So we have invited some other organizations that we at MM feel are really kind of leading the way um, in leadership and mentorship to lead some, uh, three small breakout sessions. So it's a very packed, we say it's packed, but purposeful. Um, and so I'm super excited. It's in the DC area in old town, Arlington. Um, and I just adore DC. So anytime <laughs> I get to go back to DC, I'm just totally thrilled. So I love it. And it's, so I had a, one of our team members at intentional leader, Wes Cochran, attended the last moment and he noted that it really was unique. It was, it was intimate. It was small. There was, it seemed intentional moments to reflect a process. So it's not just like some massive conference that maybe many of us are familiar with where right. it's just like thousands of people and you don't really get to know people and the relationship opportunities are limited. It's a special event. I'm really excited to be a very small part of it. The, the breakout session that you mentioned that I'm going to be leading, uh, I'm going to be talking about how to lead yourself self-leadership in a very busy and distracted world. And yeah. there's a lot about that. I'll go into all the reasons why we're busy and distracted, which I'm sure doesn't take much for people to, <laughs> to believe that. Um, but I'm going to really hone in on self-leadership and try to offer people some specific principles that I think are really key in self-leadership. So yeah. who are you most excited about hearing from at the moment? It's hard because I'm excited for everyone. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> you know, I don't, don't make me pick. Which, but... which is your favorite kid? Yeah, right. Yeah. So. Well, I have three. So that is, I know that's a trap. Like that's <laughs> not a good choice. But I will say for us at MM, we are trying to blend the art and science of leadership together. So most people are really familiar and comfortable with the art of leadership. This is like your war stories. Like, I mean, the like, this is what I used to do. This mm -hmm. is how I got somewhere. Um, and it's very inspiring, but there is a whole kind of side of, of mentorship that we don't always get to, which is the science of it. And how to make these mentoring relationships really strong, effective, durable, um, how to build accountability into those relationships. And so what we have tried to do with the moment is start up top with the science. So Dr. Christine Fund will be kind of hitting hard on the science in the morning. And then midday is our panel, which is about diversity, inclusion, and mentoring, super relevant for kind of the world we're all living in. And yeah you know, we want to have those purposeful interactions at work and at home and in our communities. And so, um, that panel will focus on that. And then we're going to close with, uh, Bill Thetford, who is, I guess I'm not army, so <laughs> I might mess this up command Sergeant major retired. Um, so high, high level enlisted, um, 
but that feels very special to me because my husband is uh, prior enlisted um, in the Air Force. And I think for him, he always viewed his time enlisted as leadership is very positional, that there were certain people who were higher ranking than him or who had certain positions in his flight um, that were in a leadership position. And everyone else was in a very much follower position. And so obviously uh, Bill is was a senior enlisted member. So he was at those higher ranks, but he certainly started at the bottom where so many military members start. And so I'm really looking forward to hearing his perspective and kind of his career trajectory, because I would want an enlisted member in the audience. I mean, even a civilian or an officer, I think a lot of these things are timeless, but I would want an enlisted member listening to Bill to understand like I can be, I'm a leader today, that it's not like when I achieve a rank, it's not when I become an NCO, it's, I lead myself, I lead my family, I lead this group, I, it might just be four of us, but I am a leader, and how can I be a better leader right now? Yeah, many, so listeners of this show for a while may remember General Joseph Fotel, when I interviewed him, I asked him, who are a couple leaders who really stand out to you from your, I think he's done 30 years, 30 plus years in the military, the commander of SOCOM, the commander of CENTCOM. And he specifically mentioned Command Star Major Retired Bill Thetford as one of those leaders that was just a standout. I mean, think about it. This guy's worked with thousands of very senior leaders and Command Star Major Thetford was one of those guys that stood mm-hmm. out to him. And if you look at his resume, I'll, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Uh, no surprise that he's been so, so accomplished. Um, but I, I love, I love what you're saying there. I think that it's easy to think, especially in the military, I think uh, to think of like, I'm a leader. When I get in that position, we often right. refer to, Hey, you guys are leaders now because you're of your position. Not like actually you're a leader because you're as you know, John Maxwell often says like leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing mm-hmm. less. We are all leading people that we influence. And we'll talk a lot more about those three little kiddos that you influence on a daily basis. And man, there's no more important leadership, I think, than that. I mean, what is it? Mother Teresa said, if you want to make change the world, like go home and love your family. Yeah. I think she said that. Um, If not, if not, hey, let's roll with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So (laughs) Google, Google told me that. (laughs) <laughs> so I want to, so we were talking yesterday actually about how you got connected with military mentors. Tell us that story. Cause that's pretty cool. Mm, okay. Yeah. That's really fun. So, um, I guess it should be said, I'm obviously a military spouse, maybe not obviously, but, um, I really do adore the military in a way that I just didn't always think that I, I would, um, I don't come from a military family. And so this is just, I don't know. I just love being in community with other military families. And so coming off of the summer of 2020, when we were having this big racial reckoning in, in our country, I started noticing more probably because it was being talked about all the time, all the different families that I interact with that live next door to me, that I see at the commissary that my husband works with, and that there was so much diversity in my community and not just racial diversity, but I don't know, socioeconomic status, um, background, family structures, definitely race, definitely gender identity, family structure. Um, And I just really wanted to figure out how I could be in better community with other people. I really value being a good neighbor and showing up in a really purposeful way with those that I interact with. And so I'm a very curious person and I was having this conversation with a friend and I said, exactly kind of what I just told you. I just want to be a better neighbor. You know, I want to be in better community with people. And she said, I have this other friend who's leading these discussion groups that are meeting twice a month, um, kind of along the same lines of what you're talking about. I think you should go. And so um, I did, and my husband came with me and the very first discussion group that we came to was talking about 
symbols, um, Confederate, the Confederate statue, should we, you know, what does the, what does the Confederate flag mean to different people? What should we have a statue of Nathan Bedford Forrest? Should we rename army bases? I mean, we talked about really tough stuff, but we didn't solve it, which in some sense was really healthy for me because I can't, I kind of want to solve <laughs> solve problems, but it was refreshing to just talk about something um, and see so many other people's different reactions to them. And so I kept going to this discussion group and um, I ended up leading one right after Christmas about educational inequality, which is something I'm really passionate about achievement gap, um, how we can serve kids better going through the school system, just kind of odd since I homeschool <laughs> that this would be something I'm so passionate about. But um, I ended up leading a discussion about that. And I think it was after that meeting or maybe two weeks later or something in that vicinity, but it was before the first of the year, I mentioned to Chevy, who is um, Dr. Lieutenant Colonel Chevy Cook, who is the uh, head of, he's our executive director at MM, among many other accolades that he has. Um, I offered to him that if he ever needed any background administrative work to please let me know. Um, I got my undergrad in public administration and nonprofit management. And so I've never used it, but Chevy is just, the only way I can describe him is you want to be in his orbit. He's just an interesting dude and you just want to kind of be in his periphery. And so I totally was wanting to do that. And so I made the offer and he was like, yeah, uh, let me talk to the team. And then like two weeks later, they asked if I could send in a resume and a bio. And I did not have that because... <laughs> you don't need to have a resume like on hand as a stay at home mom. And so quickly put one together and I did an interview um, and they liked me, I guess, spoiler alert, cause I'm still, still with them a year and a half later, but um, they brought me on um, in kind of a role that they let me figure out and let me grow a lot into uh, the position I have now, which is the director of programs, but it all kind of went started with wanting to be a better neighbor and wanting to be in better community with my military family. Um, and it's grown into something like wanting to be curious about other people and curious about how to show up better for other people has really led me to a, a really cool place. So. And these little discussions that you were talking about, Chevy was the one leading these discussions. So he initially would lead them like he would pick the topic and then assign the articles that we would all read. So um, and we would all come back and talk about those. But then he did a couple and then he asked if other people in the group would start volunteering to do to lead the group. And I was the second person who uh, who led the group. And it was it was really cool. I mean, we talked about everything from like sports to crime to education. We talked about financial management. I mean, we talked, we kind of like crossed the whole spectrum, um, in a really thorough way. And, um, but it was so life-giving. Like, I, I don't know, I look back and I'm just, I'm so grateful to have been a part of that group of people at that point in time in history. Um, and they challenged me in so many ways that I just, I'm so glad I showed up, you know, I'm so glad I went the first time and stuck yeah. it out through the winter in Boston around a fire. So I, it's so encouraging too to hear citizens of this country having conversations, those, some of those topics you mentioned, I mean, those are hot topics, Heavy, but yeah. to be able to just come together and talk, I mean, how how little do we do that? It seems mm -hmm. on, especially on social media and, and other platforms, but I love that there could be, and even as you said, I mean, we didn't necessarily solve the problem, but we had a discussion. We probably, you probably walked away with more empathy and a better understanding of someone else's perspective, maybe a perspective you didn't fully have before you 
went into that discussion. Yeah. So I just think that's would, what a great example, you know, for I would country. say even more than not solving the problem, we didn't all agree. Like we all showed up from very different perspectives and very different vantage points. And we left still not agreeing, but we talked about it and we were respectful and we heard each other. Um, and you just were like, you saw a person not in, not just an idea or an ideology. They were a person in front of you who had feelings and had empathy and had experiences that they brought to today. And um, it was, it was really cool. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. No, I love it. I want to ask you just a little bit more and then we're going to get into okay. leadership at home, but Chevy Cook, Dr. Yes. Dr. Cook, we've had him on the show. I've had a couple very thoughtful conversations with him. One of which I recorded and was on the show. Um, mm -hmm. He's a special guy. I, I, I yeah. agree with you. Like he is someone you want to be in his orbit. What, what it going a little bit further? Like what are some of the specific things about him that leads you to that conclusion? Like, I just want to be around this guy. Like, what, what are some things that stand out to you most about Dr. Cook? He asks hard questions and doesn't let you off the hook. Um, I, like I said, I'm a very curious person. I love it, that curiosity is one of my two values. Curiosity and adventure are my two guiding values. And so he he would ask a question and I would answer it. And then he would push to the next level. And that to me is just the most entertaining way to spend any hour of my day. Um, but he also was so honest and he is so honest about his background, where he comes from, who he is, how he shows up today. And that kind of honesty is just really beautiful to me. I don't know how else to describe it. I love, I really do love people and I love how different we all are. Um, and so I think it was, I think it's this combination of relentless kind of pressing, um, and always, there's always a next level for him and always something a little bit deeper, deeper. And then just him saying like, this is me and this is where I come from. And like, I, this is my story and there is value and truth in, in my story. Um, it's just, it's been fun in the past. Now I can, now he's a mentor of mine. Um, but I, I, every day, every time I get to talk to him, I just am so grateful that he is willing to be kind of like out in the world as someone to learn from, you know, cause he has he has so much to offer. And I think that's probably true of everyone. We all have something to offer the world, but um, learning from him is pretty cool. Yeah. And while we're talking about him, I, when I think of Chevy, one of the things that stands out to me about him, he, Chevy, hopefully you're listening. He's going to uh, hate this. He's, he's like, why, why did they spend so much time talking about <laughs> yes. me? Um, sorry, Chevy. Uh, but I, he is like the such an encourager. I feel yes. like he's someone who will he'll, he'll listen to a podcast episode on the show and he'll send me a voice text or a voicemail and just say, Cal, listen to this. It was so good. I just want to encourage you, man. Like just, just keep doing what you're doing. Like just, and I don't know that he realizes how far that goes, but the fact that as busy as I know he is, yeah. he would take the time to do that and to, you know, help me often he'll just so happens sometimes when I get encouragement from him, it's in one of those moments of doubt or yep. discouragement. Um, but he's very intentional about it. It's, it's not yes. like blowing smoke. It's like literally very specific, very helpful. Um, you can just tell he's for you. And I think yep. he's like that for a lot of people, um, which is just a really cool. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I know. Yeah. Right. It's like, how do you have time to, to, but I think it's for, for someone who's leading an organization labeled military mentors. I love mm -hmm. that you have a leader who's definitely living that out. You can just tell this is yes. in alignment, fully in alignment with who he is and his purpose. So, all right, let's transition to okay. <laughs> you, Sabrina, and hey. being a mom. So tell us, give us a quick overview. What does mom life look like for you? And by the way, this is so funny. As we're recording this, I am holding Teddy, my little five-month-old, <laughs> just to show you like leadership at home. Uh, we're in the middle of a mood it's and real my, life. Wife, my wife's on a meeting and like, we're doing this recording and he's just hanging out happy as a clam. So we'll see how long this goes, but yeah, tell us a little bit about what your mom kind of picture looks like. And then we'll get into some of the specific kind of principles for your leadership at home. 
Yeah. I've started describing this portion of my life as what's most important to me, but will never end up on a resume. So I am a wife to Tyler. He is a, now he's in the space force. He's an officer in the space force, but previously was. That's so uh, cool. I've never met somewhere in the space force, by the way. That's awesome. Very cool. You are welcome. (laughs) Uh, Previously, he was uh, an Air Force enlisted member. He was enlisted for nine years. Um, And then together we have three awesome kids. They are seven, four, and two. Uh, Caroline, Ben, and Max are their names. Um, I have stayed home with them every second of their life. They have been with me from the beginning. Um, and wow. now um, so cool. I homeschool. My uh, Caroline is going into second grade. We have homeschooled since preschool for her. Um, ben will be starting pre-K this fall. Um, and he is going to go to school for half the year and then we're moving in the winter and then he'll be home with me. So, um, life is loud. Life is full. It is lots of joy. Um, lots of peaks and valleys of great moments and then hurt feelings. And I mean, it's, it's a lot, but, um, this is, this has been great. And I really, don't know how else to describe being a mom as a deep, other than as a deep calling on my life. Um, and staying home with my kids is the same. So. Okay. Let's go deeper on the okay. calling piece of it. Tell <laughs> yeah. like, what does that mean to you? When you say, when you, that, that seems like a very specific word of a calling to be a mom, obviously you take this very seriously. You made a decision to stay home with yep. your children. That's so cool. Yep. From, from day one, you've been at home with them. And I can imagine that there's a lot that goes into that decision. Every parent to a a certain extent, not everyone has that ability, but totally for a lot of that is probably a conversation in most households of like, Hey, what, what does life look like now that we've had kids? Like what, how does life change? Like what, what does work look like for you? How do we, I think no one fully tells you, I don't think how much your life is going to change now that you have a little one. A hundred percent. I remember when my wife and I had first had our older daughter and we were just kind of blown away. It was like, we were, we didn't realize that like, Hey, we used to go to grocery shopping together. One of us now has to like stay home with the baby while, you know, or we used to go to the gym together. And now it's like, Oh man, especially in the early baby phase. Sorry, I'm digressing here, but like for you, (laughs) tell us a little bit about this calling and then this decision to, to stay home and just kind of like the thought process for that. Yeah. So I, Definitely. If you knew me pre kids, um, I think I would be the first to tell you, like, I don't think I'm going to have any kids. I just like, I just don't really know. Um, that I now have unpacked is largely because I grew up with two working parents who had very demanding careers. My mom is a pediatrician, um, which is actually kind of the best, (laughs) the best job for a grandmother to have because she's like on call for me 24 seven. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and then my dad was in healthcare administration. And so they just had full, full careers and full lives. Um, but it was hard for me to see where I fit in to their life. I mean, I was very much loved as a child and had incredible opportunities, but I just always felt like another piece in their life. And I just, I just didn't think that that was like what I wanted to do. Um, I was going to have this career and I was going to be a lawyer and like, maybe I will get married, but probably not. And then also not having kids. Cause I have this career and I'm just, I'm going to focus on that. Well, I, uh, met my husband, which is like a whole nother thing, but I dropped out of school, uh, to join him in the beautiful, Wyoming. Well, it's not pretty, but (laughs) in Wyoming, it wasn't glamorous. Um, and we definitely had Caroline a lot sooner than we expected, um, or anticipated. And it was, it's kind of like one day you can't imagine your life with a child, but then the next day they're born and they're in your life and you can't imagine your life without them. And that it was like an overnight shift for me. I went from like I don't think that this is, even when I was pregnant, like 
I don't know. Like, I just, I have so much doubt. I just don't know that I'm the right person to be a mom to overnight having Caroline and seeing like, this is what I'm here to do. This is who I'm here to raise. Oh man. (laughs) Sorry. No, it's, um, I mean, it's, I don't think there's much more important than that. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. It's purposeful. It feels very purposeful for me. Um, and so it has been, what I will say is that it has been very healing for me, um, to stay home for my kids. They have provided therapy in a way to me. I've been able to, if, if forgiveness is what I needed to do, I was able to forgive my parents for the different choices they made and recognize that their choices were not bad. They were just different than my own. And I really needed to let that go um, from and release my parents from that. I mean, I don't even know that they (laughs) knew that I was holding that against them, but I really needed to release that from my relationship with my parents and mothering my kids and being home with them full-time has allowed me to heal in that way. Um, but I still have dreams and I still have goals. Um, they just look different now and they involve my kids. You know, they, it, everything involves how, how can I make this dream a reality while also still being at home with my kids, because that's really central for me. Um, and there are, I, I just want to say as a caveat, cause I truly, truly believe this. And this was true for my own parents that some parents are better. Hold on a second, Cal. Hi, I need you to go out. Okay, sweetie. 545. It's in 30 minutes. Daddy knows all of this. I, <laughs> Daddy can answer that question. Thank you. <laughs> I want to keep that in. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We can, we can take that out. That's great. I love it. Oh, you can right, on it. right on cue. Right on cue. Yeah, you can keep it in. It doesn't really bother me. It's funny. <laughs> I love it. Um, um, I do just want to say, because I think this is really important to me, and this was true for my parents, that there, I really believe that there are some people who parent best when they stay home full-time with their kids, and there are some people who parent best when they work full-time, or they work part-time, or they have that separation from their kids. Um, it has to look different for every family. Cause we're all very different people. We all have super different needs. Um, this has worked really well for my family and this setup with me being home and being consistent and reliable for my kids has worked really well for my family, but I have many friends that it is 180 degrees different. And I love that for them. <laughs> you know, that is great for them. It's just not great for us. Um, and so I think it's hard to not feel guilt or shame when you talk about the different choices we make when we raise families, but it's, I would, I don't want to impose guilt or shame on anyone else. So give us a little glimpse into mom world, because even if you're listening to this and you're not a mom, you know, a mom, Yes. uh, maybe you are aspiring mom one day. And, and I'm also, I just want to say, I'm very sensitive to my wife and I have had a miscarriage. Um, Mm -hmm. we never struggled with infertility, but I have had friends who have struggled with infertility. So I know that I don't want to take for granted the fact that there probably are people here who would love to be a mom. And I hope that if that's what you want to be, that you do get that opportunity one day. Um, but I also know that that road for people can be very different. Some, some people, um, it happens right away and some, it is a long journey and some, unfortunately it never, they never get that opportunity. Um, at least, to have a biological child, maybe they adopt, Mm -hmm. um, which is amazing as well, but a little glimpse into mom, give us a little glimpse into the kind of the, maybe the behind the scenes mom world. Cause you talked a little bit about some guilt and shame and I've, Mm. I've sensed as a father and kind of as someone who, that there is kind of this, this world of like, are you a stay at home mom? Are you a working mom? Like, Mm -hmm. and there's kind of some judgment there's some layers that maybe goes with that. Like what, what's going on in that world? Is that, does that exist? Or am I kind of imagining that that's, that there's some layers that go with those titles. And I want to like totally open a can of worms, but I just, you mentioned that I was like, Ooh, I got a mom on here. I want to like know more about this. Oh gosh. Um, so I will try and keep the can lid on the worms, but it is a real thing. 
even those of us who feel hardened against it and like, oh, that, you know, you cannot make me feel bad about my choices. I made the right choice for my child. And that is all I have to do in this world. Um, we feel it. I, okay. I mean, maybe this is too much of a deep dive, but like I had all three kids were born via C-section for me. I formula fed all of my kids despite staying home with them full time because, uh, breastfeeding was hurt me mentally. It, It was not healthy for me to, to breastfeed my children. And so I chose to formula feed them. Um, so much shame, so much. I mean, I don't feel shame about those choices. They were the right choice. That's another big topic. Tons of guilt, you know, of other people like, you know, and it's even phrased in little questions like, you know, well, why did you choose to do that? Why didn't you try harder to keep breastfeeding? Why would you want to have a second C-section? Like what just this constant kind of interrogation of why did you make those choices for your family? And I have always you know, been of the opinion of what worked, you know, you do you, what works for you is cool for me because I don't really care in some sense, you know, I don't, what happens in the confines, the four walls of your home, if your family is happy and healthy and well-loved and you're meeting everybody's, you know, for the most part, everyone's needs, then like, who am I to come in and say, you're doing it wrong or your choices were wrong. Um, that has, it's been hard, especially as a young mom. So I'm 29 and I have three, I have three kids. I had my first child at 22. Um, it is, it was rough when, when they were little, um, and I was younger and not as confident. Um, it really got in my head that I was, I was doing it all wrong. You know, I was making wrong choices. Um, And then I think add in, like, do you send your kid to this daycare? Do you send them to this preschool? What about this public school? Do I work? Do I stay home? And then homeschooling is like a whole kind of other, (laughs) other thing. Like, I just don't think this stuff goes away, but there is so much judgment of, I, in some sense, I think we all want to feel like we're doing it right. And the only way that I can do it right is if someone else is doing it wrong. Like it's this absolutism. That's just not healthy, but in reality, we're all doing it right. It's just different. Like it's not wrong. It's just different. Do you have kind of a mental framework of where you go to with some of those things? Cause you mentioned, you know, 29 now it's kind of been a journey. You've dealt with some of the, the formula versus breastfeeding, yep. the daycare versus the nanny I could imagine yep. or stay at home versus working mom part-time. Like it, I'm trying to think of like, if I'm a mom listening to this or a new mom or a dad trying to support a mom or someone out there who's just looking for some advice around this topic, what would, what would be your advice for them? Like, how do you deal with the the shame that can be associated with that? How do you deal with the comparison, the temptation to think, Mm -hmm. oh man, I should be doing it like they're doing it because that's just the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. I don't. Okay. I don't know. can't avoid it. You know, I still have even, I think yesterday was having some doubt about now. A lot of my doubt is about educating my kids, you know, like, am I qualified? Am I competent? Am I capable? Um, should I pick a different curriculum X, Y, Z? Um, but I always try like at the end of the day, when I'm feeling really crummy or I'm in a moment where I just feel like, I don't know that I've made the right choice. I try and remember that I know my kids best. Every parent knows their child best. You know, their ins and outs, you know, their likes and dislikes, you know, what's probably going to set them off. What's not. And so the only person who can have real, can speak with like real authority over what is the best choice in your, for your child is going to be you as the mom, as the dad, or even as a really important person in their life. Like my, um, my brothers are pretty close with my kids and they, they're younger than me. They are not married and don't have children of their own, but they, when one of my brothers in particular has really invested in, in a relationship with my kids. And when I talk to Rob and I hear him talk about like, oh, this is, you know, this is really important to Caroline right now. Or like, it was so funny when Ben did X, Y, Z, and then he like lost it. And you know, what was that about? And 
but I can, I can hear him say what I feel like he's saying to me is like, see Ben, see Ben in a different way, see this perspective in a little bit different way. And that gives me a little bit more vantage point into my kids, which helps inform my decisions as their mom, because I know them best, you know, like using kind of those periphery people who love, really love and adore your children to kind of help you understand your kids better. Um, and I think that that's true, whether you are the parent or you're an important person in a kid's life, you know, that's something that everyone can kind of contribute when they say like, it takes a village, like the village is a lot of people, (laughs) you know, it's not just the parent, it's a lot of people, um, to kind of raise a child and kind of send them off and in the right direction. So going back to your parents, you mentioned both of them worked and there are working parents listening. I'm sure any advice for them, it could be based on your experience Mm -hmm. as a child of two working parents, maybe something they could have done differently to make that experience. I mean, it sounds like you have great parents, but Mm -hmm. you know, you can, it's always easy to kind of look, look back and assess. Is there anything that you wish they had done differently? being working parents, um, or just any advice for the working parents out there in terms of how to still make the most of that role while also trying to balance a job? Yeah, I think just choose to show up. I mean, that was really true for me as a kid is so my mom actually didn't like finish all her schooling until I was like seven and a half, eight. Um, and so showing up was challenging because her schooling really demanded a lot of work from her. Um, but after, you know, after that point in time, it was a deliberate choice for her to, to show up and be there, um, for the big and the small stuff. And I see that now with other military families of, you know, the mom or the dad, who's the active duty member, you know, they are, they are at the, okay. For example, we have a running club here on base for the homeschool kids and, you know, the kids ran a 5k that was their like completion of running club. And my husband came and another dad came or there were three dads there, but they all had like taken the day off work to show up. And that was really, really important to them. And it's like, it's a 5k, you know, like our kids would have done it with, they had been practicing without their dads. Um, but their dad chose to be there. It was important to invest and be proud of their kids and celebrate with their kids in that way. Um, And so when you're able, we have always ascribed for Tyler and I, that when he is able, he's going to show up, he's going to be there. Um, And he can't always, you know, life or the military is highly demanding (laughs) and he has missed a lot of holidays and a lot of time with us. Um, but when he can, he makes a point to, to show up and be in our kids' lives. And that I think has really made a difference, um, in their, in Tyler and the children's relationship. What are some of your guiding principles? Like if you think about, you know, your top 10 or your, there's some of just like the keys that kind of anchors that you go to. Cause I, I think now we're talking about leadership at all. Yeah. You're a leader of your family, you're a leader of your kids. And like any leader, you've got some principles that I'm sure guide you. What are some of those key principles that, that you kind of come back to? Uh, the number one thing that I come back to is I cannot give my children what I don't have. I cannot give them patience and teach them patience. If I am not patient, I cannot teach them curiosity. If I am not curious, I cannot teach them to be kind, to be generous, to be, you know, not be mean spirited. If I'm not those things in relationship with my friends in my marriage, um, and in my relationship with them. And so every day I like, you know, we make mistakes and I get angry in ways that I don't want to be angry or, you know, something really upsets me or I'm really frustrated. And I can like hear my voice saying like, what are you trying to give your kids? What do you want to give your kids? And I want to give them, I want them to give other people grace. So that means I've got to give them grace. You know, I want to, I want them to offer forgiveness. I want them to be kind to other people. That means I'm going to have to forgive a whole lot of stuff that I want to hold on to. (laughs) That feels like a grudge would be a lot more fun for me and feel like, Hmm, I really, (laughs) I'm really going to own this. 
and I've got to let a lot of stuff go. Um, so I hear that's kind of one of my mantras or mantras of, of sorts. And then the other one is, is this life giving for my family? And that is a framework that I use when I'm thinking about homeschooling. Um, that was, is this the right educational choice for my child? Is this a life-giving choice for my family? Um, when I think about saying yes to different opportunities, um, my kids participating in different sports or activities, is this a life-giving choice for them? Or is this going to drain or pull away from them or from me in a way that would not provide life for us? Um, I think those are the two main ones I probably come back to more often than anything else. I love that. Those are great, man. Thanks for sharing that. Um, last question. And then I want to just kind of ask you for some parting advice okay. to the leaders out there, moms, dads, anyone leading at home, as you put it, it's a special, important person. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some habits, routines, rituals that really help you be a better mom? This is, it's honestly hilarious to me because I asked my husband the other day, like what, what routine? So my husband's a very routine person. I said, what routines do I have? And he was like, none. <laughs> like, I'm just not a routine person. I, he described me as crisis management. Like I'm really good in a crisis in an emergency. Like that makes sense with three things kids. are burning down and I can solve it. You know, <laughs> I will fix it. So I have no suggestions about routines and not a one except maybe take a shower every morning, clear your head and get outside, get some vitamin D and some fresh air that is healing beyond anything else. Those are my only two routines habits. Um, I didn't know. I don't have a lot of habits either. Like I want to journal. Um, I'm not awesome at it. You know, I want to be more organized. I don't like schedules. I just don't. Um, I need a lot of flexibility and a lot of grace in my life. I will say the one thing that has been super helpful for me is because scheduling and journals don't really work for me. I literally have a spiral bound bound notebook that I buy for like a dollar that I will just like brain dump into on like, okay, so we're moving to LA. What's the BAH in LA? Like, what are some neighboring towns where my husband's going to work? If it's on my brain in this second, I will write it down. And then I, I kind of brain dump it and I might come back to it later. I might, you know, star and say like, turn three pages and, you know, finish up with it at the next, but it makes no sense. There's no sense of organization, but it is a vehicle for me to just get things out of my brain so that I don't have to, I don't dwell on things as much. Um, the only other ritual is that I'm really, I listen to podcasts every day that have nothing to do with being a mom, nothing to do with being a leader that are just like rabbit train curiosities that I have. Um, and that's a ritual for me because I want to keep my brain engaged. I want to keep thinking and being curious and following those like intellectual rabbit holes. Hi, buddy. (laughs) You want to say hi to Mr. Cal? Sorry, Cal. Oh, I love it. Hey, how are you? (laughs) This is Max. Hey, Max. Max, this is Teddy. Teddy is five months. How old are you? You say hi, Teddy. <laughs> you say I'm two. You're two. Wow, I love. Look at that blonde hair. That is so cool. Yeah. Okay. One. Thanks for letting me hang second. out with mommy. We're almost done. Yeah. This is the last question, buddy. I love it. I love it. Oh man. Perfect. Hey, this is this is on this is on cue here. This is all um, right. Yes. That's right. This is how we do it. Yeah. Um, Teddy, do you want to say anything? Do you have any questions? Okay. He's like, I'm just going to knock no questions for me? right okay. here. Um, okay. Last question. Just, yes. just parting advice, parting advice for the moms out there, mm-hmm. uh, dads, people leading at home. And this is just to, again, reiterate, I know that's kind of obvious, but I just think there's, there's no more important place that we lead than at home. Yeah. So yeah. thanks for coming on and doing this parting advice. And then also, can you just one more time, remind people about the moment too, mm-hmm. not the M moment. Thank you again <laughs> for correcting me. Uh, parting advice, I guess 
the only thing, if there's one thing I just want parents to know in the world is you are fully capable as you are today. You don't need to change. You don't need to acquire anything new. You have everything inside of you to raise beautiful, healthy, productive, happy children. Um, and everything else, just an added bonus. Everything else you could learn is just, you know, a little bit of icing, but like you got the whole cake and you're, you're good to go. Um, the moment come join us in DC, July 23rd from eight to three, you can buy tickets on the militarymentors.org website. Um, we don't have a lot of, like I said, it's a really intimate event, so We don't have a ton of tickets left, but, um, I would really love to see a couple more people there, especially people who maybe don't feel that they're a leader, um, and to be able to come and leave inspired and ready to lead their community a little bit better. Yes. And I will say, don't be intimidated. I, I can imagine that just the idea of coming to an event in DC yep. put on by these impressive people can seem a bit intimidating. I, I know at least a handful of the people. Uh, now I know Sabrina, but I, I know Chevy. I know his heart and his heart is uh, not at all intimidating, uh, no. not because he's not impressive, but just because of He's, uh, he just has a heart for people and to be an yep. encourager, to lift people up. And I know that that's the heart of the entire organization of military mentors. So go get tickets if you can, if you're in the DC area, um, if you're not able to come, um, please check out militarymentors.org and I'll put li a link to purchase tickets if you want to cool. in the show notes of this episode. And I uh, would love for anyone to join me during that, I think lunch breakout session uh, where we'll be talking about self-leadership and how to lead yourself, which I think is the hardest thing to do, but the most important thing to do uh, because it translates into everything. It translates yep. into your leadership at home. It translates into your leadership at your organization. Uh, how to do that in this busy, distracted world that we find ourselves in. So Sabrina, thank you so much. I'll let you get back yes. to your, your kiddos. Thank you to <laughs> them for letting me borrow you for a little while and to your husband yep. for, uh, for helping us out. And uh, again, it's just been, been fun to hang out. Thanks for doing this. Yes, I agree. Thanks, Cal. Thanks, Teddy. Thanks for hanging out. It's been delightful to you see say you. Anything? Say bye. Bye, bud. <laughs> All right, Sabrina. Thanks so much for doing this. I appreciate yeah, you being care. so, so flexible. Yeah. And uh, look forward to seeing you in a few weeks. Awesome. Thanks, All Cal. All right. Hey, friends, thanks again so much for being here today. Really appreciated you joining us in this conversation. Sabrina, thank you for joining us and sharing with us your world of being a mom, leading at home. And if you haven't signed up for the, the moment, sorry, I almost said the M moment again. If you haven't signed up for the moment and you're interested and you are in the DC area, go to the show notes of this episode and you can sign up there. I would love to see you there. Please join me if you can for my breakaway session on how to lead yourself during this busy, distracting season and world moment that we live in. I hope you go and have a wonderful day remembering that as you influence people, you're leading, whether that's at home, whether it's in your community, or whether it's at your job and part of your organization. So especially as you're leading at home, remember some of those principles that Sabrina shared. Remember that you can't give away something that you don't have, which shows the importance of self-leadership. Or maybe ask that question that Sabrina asked herself, is this life giving to my family? I hope you have a wonderful week. Remember that life is short. Let's go make it count.